Whether you follow her on Instagram or have received her sound healing codes within ceremony or have attended her sanghas or workshops or even watched her perform on stage, you would agree that Luana Zenun carries this pure light and gravitational presence that truly pulls you in. Today on the show, Luana shares her unique story of becoming the shamanic sound alchemist she is today. And like most epic tales, it was not a linear path. Despite having a successful, over-decade-long career in musical theater, Luana felt that she had yet to find her true voice until she took a step away from the rat race and dedicated herself to her inner world through sound healing and plant medicine. Highlights from this episode. Her experience of being raised in Brazil by parents who encouraged her artist calling, something rare to find in this modern capitalistic paradigm we live in today. The story and creation process behind how she got into creating custom-made sacred jewelry paired with personal guided mantras. How she got into her successful career in musical theater and why she left it all behind and moved to America. How finding her voice through various healing modalities, including Nada Yoga, enabled her to tap into her true essence. And we talk about what Nada Yoga even is. We talk about my first experience being led by Lua in a Nada Yoga class and how it can help you dive deeper into your healing journey. One of my favorite parts to Lua's story is the fact that she grew up telling herself that she didn't have a beautiful voice, that she wasn't allowed to sing despite wanting to so bad. It always makes me think about the arbitrary boxes we put around ourselves when it comes to doing the thing our soul, our heart, our human wants the most in this world, which to me truly is a testament to my personal belief that the thing that we fear most is what we are put here to do. And as you listen deeper into Lua's story, you learn that when she does face the thing that she is afraid of or that she's resisting or that her body is screaming for her to do, all of a sudden she finds ease in her path. And I truly believe that we are when we are in our dharma, the universe provides us with a sense of ease. So let this story inspire you to look at your own life and your own fears and to dig a little bit deeper and to let go a little bit more and see where this beautiful life could actually take you. If you would like to attend one of Lua's sanghas hosted pretty much every week or work with her or just check out what is she up to, what are the recent events she's doing, you can find all of her information in the show notes. Last thing I want to take note of is I can't tell you how many podcasts I have recorded at Mead Gardens, and this is the first time where I have had the cicadas just going off, singing their song, belting it out to the universe in the background. To me, it was just pretty epic to re-listen to a podcast where we talk all about finding your voice and the, the magic of song and sound alchemy and to have Pachamama, Mother Nature, right in the background, giving her sound healing codes to us as well. You are listening to the School of Whispers podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and this is my space to get real, open, and weird about my life experiences as a psychic 
medium, energy healer, and student of Chinese medicine. On the show, I'll be sharing my healing journey and the concepts I've learned along the way, and I'll be having guests on talking about the same sort of thing. I am so happy you're here, and I hope this show leaves you feeling inspired and empowered to learn how to listen to the whispers of your own body and spirit. Let's get into the show. Lua, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the podcast. We're both, um, just to kind of paint the picture, we're at Mead Gardens and Lua led a sangha with mantras and sound and I, and I want to get, I want to give you the space to really describe what we went through because I kind of just was in the receiving space, but um, we're going to, we're going to get into all things sound and mantras and our voices. And I actually would love to share with you what I went through today in this session here. So first, I'm going to pretend like I don't know anything about you. <laughs> and I'm going to give you the floor to please share how how did you even come to sound in the first place? And also just share sharing who you are as well. Yes. Ooh, coming close. Yes. Hi. Hi, people here in this podcast. I'm super excited to be here. I'm Lua. My name is Luana, actually, but Lua is the way I've been introducing myself around here since I came to the U.S. because I'm from Brazil. And I just love being identified with this name, too, Lua, because it means moon in mm. Portuguese. So it really has everything to do with me and my journey and my story and the way that I develop my work and my journey through life. So, okay, about me. <laughs> I'm an artist since forever. Um, since I was a little girl, my, my parents, they always have been super, super supportive to me and to my brothers. I have two other brothers that became artists too. And now the three of us artists have tra are traveling and... Transition, transitioning our lives to spirituality fully like so it's a very interesting thing to see in my family how this all developed how we all flow almost at the same time each one in their area in their field of art moving to spirituality and self-development self-growth so and each one came went through some path. I've been uh, identifying myself with the yoga path more deeply at this point, but it's actually a whole mixture. It's a whole alchemy of things, of possibilities that this work is giving me. So from the beginning, right, I, I'm, I'm an artist. I, I have always been dancing and painting and creating doing art craft and just creating my own clothes and jewelry since I was very young so this was always something very that was always flowing through me a lot and and it was my big dream as a child to be a singer but I 
somehow I didn't know that I could. I don't know where I took this belief from, but I thought it was horrible. I thought it was terrible. I couldn't sing. So it was something... It was fr I was very frustrated when I was a kid because I really wanted to sing. I was listening to her, Carrie, carry or <laughs> And I was like, oh, I want to sing like her. And so I was dancing a lot. And really, when I look at my story, I am so grateful to my parents for they always have, because they always have been so supportive, like, to keeping up and putting me into all the classes and Were going they for it. Are they artists as well? So the interesting thing that literally no, but they are somehow. Actually, I've been thinking about this lately because my mother, when I was a kid, she got involved with a lot of the Chinese culture. She became a Tai Chi teacher, Qigong, and she did, she studied a lot of techniques with the Japanese, um, with the Chinese medicine and acupuncture, a lot of things like that. So, and she was very open to spirituality too. And my father, he was always a music lover. He gave me a keyboard when I was very little and then he gave me a guitar which I never learned to play. <laughs> oh, but I really want to play. <laughs> I'm going to go for it sometime because I love it. And he's a photographer, actually, and he likes to write. And so there is this aspect of him really alive. So there's, I, I identify those portions that came through them for us. And so it's very interesting. It's not there. My mom was uh, was in, ho in in our house, just taking care of us, and then she stopped doing classes, Tai Chi classes, and just she just stayed at home fully. And my father was working in a bank, so it was totally different wow. <laughs> movement, right? But at some point he had to retire early, so he stayed in our home too, like, what the fuck? What am I going to do right now? <laughs> and he's always been super, super great with woodwork and working, doing stuff in our place, like fixing things. He fixes everything. And he was doing work with the woods and building doors and windows and stairs and whatever. So it seems to me like you grew up with your parents having you know having their path and then always being open to creativity and spirituality and then watching them find their way through it because I was thinking it's so unique to have parents who encourage the artist's path yes it's that's not that's not really no. that's not normal no. no yeah totally most of my friends actually that I've been working with for so many years had so much to handle with their parents and being obligated to study certain thing and then had to break up with this thing or just i mean so many stories so that's why and i i'm this week this particular week that we are in i'm talking about them so much because i'm really in a place like looking back at them and honoring them and being grateful 
because also I miss them so much because I'm here now. Mm. <laughs> and and even for this possibility of being here and speaking English, because they since we were very young, they put an intro, put us into English classes so we could be able to communicate. They had no idea we went. We'd end up each each one in some place of the earth. But yeah, they were very intuitive with the whole raising, you. raising us. And so at some point my my father started picking up seeds in the park. Oh what if I make a hole in this seed <laughs> and put a thread on it? And then he started making jewelry with wood, with coconut with seeds and then that's when I started making like jewelry too right I forgot to mention one of the many things you do is yeah yeah actually what would you what would you call your title I know it's silly to put yourself in a box but what would you how would you like label label what you do as a <laughs> <laughs> this is a tricky one because as for the the healing work we, I, I'm saying we, because Stephanie was super helpful <laughs> to me in this process. Because, you know, I was in Brazil and I, I was naming myself, in a way, Curandeira do Som in Brazil, because it's, it's a curandeira of the sound. So, but I was looking for a, some term <laughs> here. And then we came through to, to this name. I'm a shamanic sound alchemist. Because I bring the shamanic work very deeply, mm-hmm. and the sound is the essence of all, of it all, and it's an alchemy. Because all of those aspects that I bring from my story with the creativity, with the art, it's all alchemized in this path towards the healing process. Mm-hmm. Even with the jewelry, because the jewelry is not something that I, that is apart from that. So, yeah, I have to figure out some way to put the jewelry part into this shamanic sound alchemist part. <laughs> I mean, in a way, because I mean, alchemy <laughs> is creation, like making something into another thing. And I know what Cindy mentioned, um, that you, you, you incorporate your sounds mm-hmm. as you make your malas. Yes, yes. Uh, can you give a little bit more, tell us a little more how you do that? Yeah, yeah. So, um... After this whole process of beginning to understand I could create stuff also. Actually, this earring I'm wearing, it was one that my father did make. This part here. You're not seeing it, but it's a feather. It's a blue feather earring with a coconut. And then I remade it with crystals. Hmm. With, yeah, with another crystal. So it's an alchemy. That's the thing. You grab something and you transform it. You put a new life to it so and then this part of the the art craft of the jewelry got a little bit aside from many for many years when I was just focusing on the theater because I'm gonna get into that too <laughs> but when we reached like it was the end of 2019 I just started I was doing a play at the moment and there was a friend of mine there that she really loved crystals and she had a crystal and I was looking at it one day I was like oh this would make a beautiful pendant she was like really do you make it like yes I do (laughs) and this like oh I do 
how come I'm not doing it anymore? So I just started grabbing crystals at my place and I still had a lot of material from that time that my, my father was making the jewelry. So I just started grabbing things that I already had and putting together with crystals and then creating an earring and a necklace. Or so. And one of my, I don't remember how to say this in English, I'm sorry guys. <laughs> uh, a beautiful lady that was working with me in the theater that helps us helps us with the costumes. Oh, like like a costume designer. The the, oh, the seamstress. Yes, that you, helps us doing the daily basis. She was making japamalas to sell because huh. she was also she was doing tarot and numerology. She was a witch. Of course, I was gonna end up with some <laughs> somebody like this. <laughs> Uh, taking care of me uh, on the theater so she inspired me I'm like hey this is beautiful this is crystals these are crystals I can start making those too and then a friend asked me to do one for her and another friend and another one and then 2020 came actually before this I went to a waterfall one day and I was doing a self ritual with tobacco at the time, because I did like initiation with a uh, chanupa. So I was just there smoking myself the with the energy of the waterfall. And I just received this, I received some codes. One of them was the name of the brand. I didn't even know I was going to have a brand. So this name came through, which is Halwa. Uh, and I just knew this name would be for this brand that was not even a real thing yet. So it's a vibrational code. So since the moment that it was born, it already has this connection, this channel open. So when 2020 started and everything like pandemics and all of that, I just thought it was, it was gonna be a great thing for me to use my time because I was it was really a moment that I was diving deep into the sound into yoga into all of the things that I was already studying and and really dedicating my life to it was a moment to just put total focus on it because the theater stopped so it was so organic this process and I just started seeing the jewelry in my head I'm like oh I'm gonna use this crystal I'm gonna do this combination I'm gonna do this and then when I sat down with the crystals they were just like telling me how to harmonize them and do, do you have to get yourself in a trance state or when you sit down and you begin working it begins the, the state it depends on the day mm -hmm. sometimes I'm really into it but there's some days that are more tricky, so I just need to focus more and ground myself. But it's getting more and more fluid. Mm -hmm. But I always, I have so much care with my energy when I'm making it. Like I'm not listening to anything. I'm not watching whatever mm -hmm. on a Netflix show or something like that. <laughs> It'd be so easy to do that. Yeah, <laughs> just sit on the couch and put some crystals on a thread or something like that. So it's not the same thing. I mean, if I'm when I'm making it, if I want want to watch something, 
it's always something very high vibrational. It's a podcast for with specific messages or a message from a, a spiritual teacher that I really like the messages that he brings. That is called Trigueirinho. He's a Brazilian teacher. He's not here anymore in this realm. But his messages are so powerful that they speak to my heart so much. So, and there are other people, other references that I have. Or if I'm not listening or watching anybody, I'm just putting some mantras or some audios with frequencies and I'm chanting during the process. So I had a friend that works with like branding and she helped me come put some stuff together with the sound and with my work as an artist and it was like two years ago she told me like oh my god what if you do like channel meditations for people whenever you're doing a jewelry you just put this thing together and you send to the people to the person or you can put it on youtube and she w she gave me so many ideas and at the time i was like yeah this sounds amazing but uh, okay and it didn't came through at that point but now, the first moment that I did my first custom-made mala bead here in the U.S., my first client, it just flowed. It was like so easy and mm -hmm. obvious. It was like, oh, it was here the whole time. That's it. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just sitting, finishing the mala, and I started chanting. And then I put an audio for a tampura, which is an Indian instrument. And I just received, like, the, the message recorded. Because it's always like that. It's always straightforward. <laughs> this intuition voice, it was just like inside of me. Grab the phone, record it. Mm. Like, okay. <laughs> so I put the phone to record it. And it came through like a... 12-minute meditation with the full light code channels, music. So I'm like, wow, this is so nice. So now this is a personal sound amulet. That the, this person that has an amulet, a physical crystal amulet, now has this possibility of connecting with the sound that I was channeling to that specific person, to that specific jewelry at that moment. So it's like putting a, a bowl, a sacred yeah. bowl into that moment, like ritualizing that moment in time. So whenever the person needs to connect or charge the jewelry, it can listen to this recording. So this is what I, I've been working on with the part of the, the brand. So it, it was the way that Finally, the two works super connected. It was like click. I was. I've been thinking a lot about how watching you, like since I've met you and since you've moved here, everything has just flowed for you. Like it seems to be <laughs> the nature of your work, and that's how you know you're in the right space. If it flows, it's it's a go. If it's not, maybe wait and see. Mm -hmm. And like the way that you led led this, it was so effortless. And I was thinking, <laughs> how cool would it be? Is every Every time you level up, yeah, you're going to have a little bit of moments of like, yeet, but every time you level up, that thing that you do is the thing that you 
you, you do all the time, right? It's so easy to do and to share with other people. Basically what it is, is just you sharing, at least what it seemed like for me, you were sharing your personal practice with us, essentially. Yes. Yeah, like you can feel how intimate it is. Like this is just, it's who you are and mm-hmm. you don't have to try so hard. And I feel like that's a really good barometer of um, if you're if you're sharing the right gift or message with the world yeah yes absolutely (laughs) so this is one of the beautiful things that are i've been experiencing this here in such a beautiful deeper level uh like i've never done before actually so this is it's a great indication that like you said okay i'm in the right place at the right time and I'm not af- afraid to say this anymore because I was like, oh, maybe I cannot say this too much because it, it, it could sound like cocky or something or whatever, like those things that the mind keeps yeah. blabbling <laughs> 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 for us to doubt ourselves because this, this blabbling mind that is trying to sabotage, she's, it's been here for a very long time. Right, since that moment when I was a kid that I wanted to be a singer, that I didn't know I could do it. I was like, oh, you're terrible, I you're terrible. I think about that all the time, oh. that you told yourself for whatever reason that you couldn't yeah. sing. Nobody else, did. No, no one else told you? No, I don't remember anybody else telling me that. And Actually, then, my father was the one, he used to hear me, like, around the house, and he was encouraging me, sing, open your mouth and sing. Just do it. I'm like, no, I'm terrible. I can do this. I don't know why. So it's it's a crazy thing. It was a long journey. How many years? Because, I mean, so for those of you, I'm probably going to mention the intro, but <laughs> Lua's whole career is her voice. <laughs> so I guess that's why. Because you, yeah. had, to, you had to take your power, your power back. You had to remember. Yeah. But, I mean, you went right into musical theater, right? Straight yes. from school. Yeah. And then, and then now you're in a whole other trajectory, but yeah. So this is, I guess this is a great way. I would love to talk about this to reach this point. Yeah. To come to this point of the flow state, because it, it, it really has been like a full journey, this trajectory since the moment that I, I realized that I wanted to, to pursue the career first. I thought I was going to be a dancer, a professional, I mean, I am a dancer because musical theater, you have to dance. So, but at that point, I thought that I was like, oh, I'm going to do like dance company. So I'm going to go to Sao Paulo because I was living in Campinas, which is like a, it's a big city, but it's considered country, but it's a huge city and it was pretty near Sao Paulo. So I just started going to Sao Paulo. I didn't get into a university right away because I really want to go deeper into the just practice and do a lot of classes and I finished school when I was 18 years old I just started going to Sao Paulo and attending to many many dance classes and it just came to me <laughs> musical theater I wasn't looking for it and suddenly the first audition that I got was in the musical theater with a, uh, a big director that we have in Brazil and I passed 
But before, I, I just passed as a dancer at first. We had like a cast of dancers and a cast of singers, dancers and actors. And, but it was that moment that I was in, on stage and watching people. Oh, they're doing the singing classes. Oh, they're singing. I want to sing too. And I was just singing my lungs out. I, I was not using microphone yet at the time. But I was there on stage like... Singing my ass off, I was just like, screw it, nobody's listening, I can sing whatever I want. Because <laughs> I was not using microphone, it was a huge theater. Then I'm like, hey, I like this thing. Then I started studying, it was 2005 at this point. So, yeah. A lifetime ago. A lifetime ago, <laughs> so crazy. So, I just died deep. I went deep into the singing classes. It became my obsession, like a really beautiful, good obsession. I was just doing singing classes, no matter what was going on, if I had a job, if I didn't, if I had money, if I didn't, I just made some, some way out to do my singing classes. And it, it, was, it was a hard thing to break those beliefs that I was Oh, I'm just a dancer. I don't sing. I don't know how to sing. I'm never going to be a singer. Or maybe I can learn to sing pretty, but I'm just for the theater. I'm not going to be like a full singer with my own songs. No, I didn't see that happening at all at this point. But uh, yeah, so it was a it was a long path cuz the the this journey in the show business is very tough and I I'm so blessed to have had a career with major with the most beautiful directors uh, the great directors in musical theater in Brazil the big productions all the Broadway things that were going to Brazil I was doing it I was there creating and being a part of great artists like so it, it was very oh, beautiful mm, butterfly oh, just wow. flew by us like huge massive yes so and, and so what what at what moment did you realize this wasn't for you anymore yeah so like i said it was a tough business it's a tough business and this i was just used to it that the competition the vanity the ego the comparison, being in auditions all the time. I was just starting to rehearse a play. I was already auditioning to two other plays because it was going to end and I had to get another job. I have to be, and I have to get that part and I don't get that part or I'm just uh, understudy or uh, I have to sing better than this one or look thinner or look prettier or look wider. <laughs> this was happening. I mean, <laughs> It's like, it's a very white business too. So this is something crazy because we're talking about Brazil because it's a whole mixture, but it is. But so it was a lot that was gradually piling up into my system. It was around 2017. I started in 2005, so it was a long journey to that this thing was just suppressing me and I was feeling this effort 
because I have to prove myself, I have to be good, I have to be better, I have to be accepted. And gradually, when I start diving deep into spirituality, that I just had like, I started working, developing myself with spirituality, self-knowledge, was around 2011. Like parallel to the theater, it was something that just grew on me, started, I started asking myself, there's something more. I don't know what it is, but there's something more. Because I was already living and experiencing a lot of openness to spirituality since I was a kid with this, with my mother and everything. And, but I never practiced anything. I was running from yoga since I was a teenager. <laughs> and so once I started going forward and looking for a place for myself and first with some specific religions, Brazilian, Afro-Brazilian religions that are very, in, very connected to my ancestors uh, with indigenous part, African part. It, it really started showing me how I was being hurt with all of the pressure of the show business. And, but it was just giving me hints like, hey, warning, warning alert. So I just, I started being more mindful with the works, with the place I was, because it was always like that, just accept everything, because you need to work, just do it, whatever. Mm -hmm. So now I was like, hey, wait a minute, uh, it would be nice for me to choose. I, I need to have the power of choosing. So it was that moment in 17 that I was like, hey, mm. and then it was finally 2018 that I had like a, a breakdown <laughs> first with my I had a problem with my lower back that led me to a huge inflammation in my sciatics on the left side and I, I had to go to the hospital and I stayed there for three days so I was just about to rehearse the, a show for Disney company in Brazil and so it was pretty scary because I've been dancing my whole life. I was like, hey, what's going on here? And then s slowly I started looking at it. When I, I remember being in a hospital and just looking at the ceiling, like feeling this huge pain in my leg. I was just like, holy spirit. <laughs> <laughs> There's something going on here. Body, you're, you're trying to tell me something. I want to hear it. Let me know, what do you need from me? It was the first time I did it. And then I start, okay, I went back, I did the show, I was recovering, doing a lot of physical therapy, a lot of drugs to medications to uh, put up with the pain. And I did the show, I, uh, I was called to do a, an, a whole, another musical and I started rehearsing with a lot of pain yet. And when we were about to reach the opening show of this play, it was Chaplin at the time, I lost my voice. So it was that, I mean, I, I had trouble with the voice a lot, many, many, many times before. But it was like, oh, you just have some medication and some stuff and 
it's okay. But this time it was pretty serious. The way that it was out, it was gone. And the timing too, because my pain in my leg was starting to fade out. And then the, the voice stopped. So that was re really when I was like, okay. Body's like, you gonna listen to me now? Yes. <laughs> hey, you're still not doing it. So. Stubborn. It's so funny on the one of the recent podcasts I was talking about how like, I feel like those of us who are so stubborn have to go through our body breaking down in yeah. order to break through with our spirituality. Like yeah. we have to be brought to our knees. And then we're yes. like, okay, I'll do whatever you ask. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I'll do it. Yes. Yes. And now it messes with it, it messes with my voice because it was the most like precious thing that I developed so mm, with true. throughout the years like with uh, perfection you know I was managing to do everything that I wanted in my voice I was already like oh, yes I'm a singer I can do everything I was singing opera I was singing R&B I was singing Broadway I was singing um, Brazilian music everything I could do it all I was like yay <laughs> and then it broke it stopped and now was the moment that I'm like, okay, okay, I need to go to yoga. So this was when I really went to start doing yoga classes, a lot of yoga classes. And of course, I did a, a lot of phonotherapy. I changed the, my singing teacher because I was with my maestro for many, many years. He was amazing. He was major shift in my life i'm so grateful for him but at that point i felt that i needed to understand another kind of approach and when i had this decision i made this decision of looking at it more deeply literally people stop start coming up to my life they were just popping Hey, this is a work that I'm, a friend of mine came back to from India. She's going to host a dance workshop, Lakshmi dance workshop. And, oh, there is a girl coming with her, a beautiful woman, a beautiful goddess that was there with her in India, working with the, something called the voice of the womb. Mm. So I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So I went to this workshop and like, in one morning that I was doing this work with the voice of the womb, it came to me, this realization of why my voice broke down. Because she was trying to tell me, where is your voice? Right? Because I, I, I build as much... The thing is, I started diving deep into spirituality, but my work was separate. Mm. So... As I dive deep into spirituality, it was becoming more and more apart, one thing from the other. So the voice had to break so I can build a way back integrated and aligned with the spirituality I was working with, with my own essence. So it was this moment that I was like, fuck, I don't know what, what is my voice? How does my voice sound like? What is my essence? Because I'm just reproducing beautiful sounds and stuff that I learned thoroughly, thoroughly. But I don't know how I sound like in my guts. Yeah. 
So it was a, a, a I, I did a lot of classes with this woman. She's an Argentinian, she's called Clara Davar. And whenever she was in Brazil, I was there working with her to release, to unleash this voice. And then another woman came up with a beautiful, that I, I met her for many, many years, but she was also, she also been through a tra transition. She was in opera and musical theater. And then we got together again. She was fully into yoga and into this path with the voice called Unraveling of the Voice. That is from the Anthroposophy. So it's another whole look of, to the, for the voice as a healing tool for everything, mm. like for your etherical body, for everything. So I was started doing work with her too. And then this is what happened. It was like 2018, people were coming up. So there was a big event for spirituality and yoga in Sao Paulo. I'm there. So I went there and I met Felipe Sucupira, which is my sound healing mentor. He was there doing a sound healing session with the crystal bowls. And I was just mesmerized. I'd never seen that before. It was when I came to be aware of sound healing as a tool, as a path. And I did a session, uh, a collective session with him and then an individual with him too. And it was like a major shift. I was like, fuck, this is, this is so powerful. I still have visions about those first sessions that I had with him like five years ago that still come up. So I became like super obsessed with sound healing because I'm a Scorpio. I get obsessed with things. <laughs> so, uh, and then, and then at the same time, it was just like a whole blah, 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 things that were piling up. Then I also get, get to know the work with another yoga right after, which is the yoga of sound. I went to a concert, a meditative concert in a place and I get to know Marcio and Gab Gab Gabriela. I love to say their names because they're so important in my journey. They have a school called Intuition that is literally Intuition, like <laughs> the meaning of the school. They were bringing the Nada Yoga to Sao Paulo that they were studying. And Nada Yoga is the branch of yoga that's all for sound. Yes. Okay. It's specifically develop the, the develop of sound through the sound, the, the yoga path through the awareness of the sound. So we work with voice activation, with mantras, with the classical Indian music, and, and all of the other stuff that yoga brings us. But instead of doing asanas, we do sound and we chant or whatever. So it was all in the same year. So I end up 2018 with this whole universe, new universe in my arms. I was like, oh, this is, I want to do this. This makes so much sense. So when I started 2019, I was in a big musical too. I was doing Sunset Boulevard and I went to like whole other musicals too. Zorro and then an opera. I was doing it, but I was already like, this is not for me. This is not for me anymore. This, this moment has passed. So I was kind of starting saying goodbye. I was feeling like I was saying goodbye to everything, <clears throat> to all of that. 
and and studying parallel parallel to that, practicing, studying, going for all the courses and all the opportunities. So, and then finally, at this the same year, I came to 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 go through my first ayahuasca ceremony, and that's when really things shifted major life. It was a whole another portal that I went through. Was that when light language came to the table yes. for you? Okay. Yes. Because until that point, I was not... I mean, I was feeling that my voice was starting to... <clears throat> opening other layers, especially with that instrument that I have, the Shruti box. I didn't have one yet, but experiencing the sound of the Shuruti box, which is an Indian instrument that looks like a harmonium, but it's simpler. And it just opens so many layers of the sound and my voice started to doing things that I'd never done before. I was like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> and when Ayahuasca came and Mama Aya, she just spread the gates for the channeling for me and for the awareness of what music is for me and for the spiritual path and what the Sanskrit means and what are what is the power of the Sanskrit and that whole realm of sounds it was just so groundbreaking for my journey and I started channeling after that the light light language ancestor language, ancestor light language, something like that, creating songs and writing and... And that's how I, um, the, the shamanic came through because I had the pleasure of Lua uh, doing a, a, like a personal sound healing session for me. And yeah, there was this one point where you started walking around the room with this one instrument that sounded like rain or something and you started chanting and channeling and I was just like Lua's not here anymore like, <laughs> he sounded like this old curandera woman yes. like this old old woman and that's I, I I wonder if if it's a past life an ancestor do you who do you feel what do you feel like it is when they come through yeah um especially I really feel the presence of this curandera I feel this ancient spirit very earthy spirit and it's mainly this feminine presence when especially when I'm working with the leaves mm. yes that's what yeah you it was um, I feel other presences too some sometimes more like stellar presence but they're all the same, actually. It's just the way that they manifest, you know. But especially this old curandera, I believe she's an ancestor of mine. She, it's becoming more clear to me now. One, once we did, did the work with the golden needle, she was there. And... and she, they agreed. The yeah, they agreed. agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. They're... They're amazing here. So it was it was a, a beginning of a unraveling path with this energy, and just started writing songs 
So it was a moment that I was like, oh, I can write songs too. Because I, I always thought I was going to be, like I told you, a singer for the musicals. My voice was going to be at service of a, a character. So now I was doing something completely free. And it was so free. It was so liberating, liberating experience. And so I just kept going deeper with the medicine a few more times. And I, I was already saying goodbye to the theater. <laughs> like, oh, I just need to dive deep into this path right here. So I did my certification with the sound healing right after I went to Alto Paraíso for the, the New Year's Eve. And I met my teacher, my Reiki teacher there. And she was hosting. I, she became my Reiki teacher because she was hosting the course there because she holds the temple there. And she gifted me and my husband with the initiation for the Reiki. So it was one of those things that is just Again. a gift. Like throwing in your lap. It was things were coming to me. So that's what I'm like things are coming so easily. I'm not even asking, like rationally asking. They're trying to manifest. And yeah. Whole, yeah. It's just yeah. happening. Yeah. And then I came back from Alto Paraíso and I went straight to my retreat with the, when I was being certified with a, being an instructor of Nada Yoga. Mm. So it was 10 days in the retreat, just with mantras and sound and yoga and this whole process when so when I came back to Sao Paulo I was like fully transformed transfigured transmuted I was like where am I fit where will I fit in in all of that I I actually had an audition for Chicago the next day of the retreat so <laughs> it was crazy I was like there's no fucking way I'm gonna be able to put a high heels a black like uh, fishnet stockings and an eyelash and sink. He had it coming. Oh, yeah, As there's right. no way I'm gonna do Chicago at this point because I was like bare feet on the ground, hair loose, like drumming. <laughs> so, it was very, That's, it was it, amazing. It's jarring to do that. Yes, yeah. I'm like, no, no way. It's gonna be painful for my soul if I do that. And it was, it was a major shift too because it was my teenager dream to do Chicago because it's a great musical for dancers mm -hmm. and singers like it's a full package whatever but it was like this is not me anymore this is another stuff so let's go for, from there and then there it was 2020 I started I even was doing, I was doing a workshop with one play that I was really involved for many years, which is the, one of the loves of my life. <laughs> that is called Nautopia from a, my best friend, Daniel Salvi. And it was a project that we built. He wrote with a group of people. We were five years into this process. So this process was following me through all of that transformation so it was a pretty different process it was not like a usual musical theater play and it, it was just giving us 
And it was taking the whole background of the artists involved in this process to the play. So I did this workshop and then I, I, I got into West Side Story, which, which was another teenage dream that I had because it's a major piece. It's a piece of art. It's amazing. And I was super in crisis with that already. I was like, oh, should I do this? Oh, what am I going to do? But at the end, I'm like, okay, I really want to do West Side Story. It could be my goodbye, so to speak. And then COVID started. I even knocked the table right now. <laughs> so no West Side Story. No West Side Story for now. So we were rehearsing, but then it, it stopped. Everything stopped. So it was the, the moment that I was really into, okay, thank you, Great Spirit. Now let's go. Let's go for it. And now at this point, when you had roadblocks, you were aware that it was, they were for you. Yes, totally. I was like, okay, I know that the world is now a mess. Everybody's scared. But it was like, this is a great opportunity. This is a major opportunity. So once again, things just started flowing with the work, with the sound. I just started serving the sound with my brother and this teacher of mine online and doing groups and this developed for another invitations for other groups for other works and at some point I came to realize I didn't want to live in Sao Paulo anymore me and my husband we needed to be close to nature and he was going through a major transition in his life too with his career in corporate world so it was a whole process so in this at this point we decided to move to the beach to a city called to a town it's very small called Ilha Bella it's a beautiful island literally that that's what it means the name so being there allowed me to be fully integrated with nature and serving sound so I started doing retreats and events, yoga classes, and small groups, mantra circles, putting into practice all that I was getting. Because I, since I did my certification with Nada Yoga, I never stopped studying. I kept studying with groups for this, in that school with my master, my maestro. He's an Argentine ma maestro. He's called Marcelo Giacchino Vicente and i'm always with him online whatever somehow i'm there <laughs> until now and so i was able to pass this forward so is this where you learned how to lead a sangha yes i was having this opportunity to understand the ways of leading those experiences and so it was the first time i was in a leadership I'm doing, mm -hmm. how does it call, how is it called? This thing when we do like this in the air. Air cold! <laughs> Something like that. This leadership place, it was new for me because I was always a part of a cast, a part of a cast, a part of a ensemble. Part of a team. A part of a team or something. People were mm -hmm. giving me jobs, giving me work. Now was the first time I was leading. I was creating something for myself at, from my heart, from my own experience. So 
It was very important. And I kept doing, when things started to come back and post lockdown, events like theater, things, I was there doing stuff. Until it came a point last year when things really came back to life in the theater place in Sao Paulo. And then that play that I was involved for five years came to happen. Neutopia um, had its great opening in a new theater. And it was amazing. It was a shock, of course, after all of that two years and a half of self-development, coming back to Sao Paulo, a big city, noisy, a whole cast, being on stage and just oh, performing. But it was amazing, an amazing experience to put myself into that place again after this whole process. So I had Notopia happening, the same sequence that I that was happening in 2020. First I did Notopia, then I started rehearsing West Side Story and then COVID. And then lockdown over, I did Notopia opening and then West Side Story came back. Yeah. And again, a whole crisis, should I do it? Should I do it? Should I do it? But then I was like, yes, I need to close the cycle. I need to fulfill this dream and have this experience, this whole teenage dream thing. So when I did West Side Story last year, it was the first time that I experienced freedom when I was in, this, in stage. And it was so powerful. I was just, I couldn't care less what people were thinking about. Were you, were you more difficult to direct or no not at all I was just so open you just relaxed I was relaxed I was like huh I don't need to prove anything to anybody so I was just doing whatever they were asking from me I was doing I was I had a character that was like a funny character that first, like two years and a half before, I was like, oh, how am I going to pull this off with this comedy-like? And at that point, I was not thinking about I was just doing it. And it was coming so greatly. It was so good. It was just so easy. And I used like a big blonde wig because it was like a Puerto Rican who wants to be an American. So she had like a big bleach wig. <laughs> And I was the understudy for Anita, which is the main character. And I got to do with them all in the most integrated and embodied way that I've ever experienced in my life. And people real was seeing that, was talking about that. Oh, you look so mature on stage. You're so different. You sound so different. My musical director, he was, he was like, you're singing so much better now. <laughs> what did you do those two years? Like, hey, you don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> There's a whole journey here. So it really was a full circle moment. Because when West Side Story ended, I got my visa 
Wow. My U.S. visa. My granddaughter was being born. And we were deciding to move here, to come here and live this crazy adventure and experience. So it really was the last play that I did before coming here. I don't know if I'm going to do any more, anything. But I just know that since I got here, the state of flow of just being so aligned with the heart it's something so miraculous mir- miraculous you earlier when you were talking about how how tough the business is the, the musical theater business was you were tapping your heart and i was thinking oh she had to close her heart in that business to, to protect herself yes yes and now you're in your your state of mm. i mean you opened it up during your awakening but now it's like how far can it go yes yes this is the feeling that is so beautiful and so I feel like a kid I feel like a child again because I just feel like I can be playful of course I'm not I don't want to romanticize the whole story oh now everything is so easy I'm just flowing with the, the spirit yes but it's tough as hell. <laughs> I mean, it's scary. It's like the it's Shiva scary. process, like yeah. you said earlier. Exactly. It's we today we were t- tapping into the energy of Shiva, which is this Trinity aspect of creating, destroying, rebuilding. It's the whole process again and again, again and again and again and again, and destroying those views of myself, what I thought my life would be or how it should look like, or what career meant, or anything. And just being in a whole other country and just starting from scratch. But the beautiful thing is that I'm realizing that starting from scratch has given me the freedom to be anything I want and the spirit wants for me. So not having strings attached because I was there in Brazil, I, I, oh, there's a family, there's a theater, there's the, there was things that I still was still like holding on to. And now that I'm here, we're here doing this, just the two of us, I'm, and I have this work, people are just coming and appearing to my life and just inviting me hey do you want to work here hey do you want to come here hey let's do an event hey let's do something i'm like yes 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 (laughs) it's the field of the the power of yes i came to a speak a a, a speak event speaker event yesterday from a brazilian guru teacher and he was talking about the field of miracles Mm. when you enter he's like i'm living in the field of miracles wow when you are in this the state of yes. And it's been so much fun watching you enter <laughs> that state. It's been amazing. Because, hey, wait. you we, we did this session together, like, end of May. Yes. And, and you had a few things going on, but you were like, Steph, I don't know. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I don't know either, but I'm not worried. And, you're, <laughs> and I was thinking... That's easy for me to say that I'm on the outside of it, but (laughs) I just knew, I just knew that Orlando was going to welcome you with open arms and it's been, 
because we haven't seen each other since I got back from my diet done. It's been yeah. so much fun to watch, though. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. she's doing it! <laughs> yes! Yes, I'm, uh, and the creativity is just flowing crazy. And it's something that I'm, I'm really starting to be mindful to. Like, okay, now I have to direct, put focus into this creativity, mm. to this energy that is, I'm feeling so powerful, so beautifully... And I'm so grateful for all that. And and it's just a process to telling myself that yes, yes, the power of yes, yes, this is possible. This is I'm worthy of it. I'm I want to keep going to this flow. Because the mind keeps like, oh, maybe this will end at some point, or maybe something will go wrong, or maybe la 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 the same thing about the sabotage thing right but the heart is being so strong stronger it's stronger now so i can keep just moving and i just want to focus and put a lot of energy into this so i after the golden needle this name came the shamanic sound alchemist and also the project as a whole like putting together all of those references in an alchemy it became the name of the project that is called sacred mystical alchemy because it brings so many references from so many cultures in my own history and all of the the arts that i can bring to it with the art craft and the singing and the dancing and the plant medicine, everything is just coming into place. So I do want to, I would love to, to close out your story just kind of with, with this fresh new experience for me, my first Nada, Nada, right? Yes. Yeah. Nada yoga experience. Because I remember my first yoga class, it was so uncomfortable. There were there were these solar panels over, and the, the the teacher was bragging how you use these solar panels for to detox from chemotherapy. Like she found them somewhere and grabbed them, and I was just like, I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> and I remember in the middle of it thinking, I'm never coming back. This is so wow. uncomfortable. But then afterwards, that feeling of ha. Ah. <laughs> and so my introduction to yoga was it's supposed to be uncomfortable, mm. and. That's and then you know and then that's the philosophy of yoga is finding comfort within discomfort, and I really think that for me, like Nada, this introduction was very similar in a sense that like I was so surprised my throat hurt. Yeah, my throat was really when we were doing the chanting. I felt first it felt like there was something stuck in my throat that I had to swallow, and I swallowed a few times. Like no, no, this isn't going away. And then I, I could feel the constriction, and I was like, oh, this is that moment where if I didn't, if I wasn't aware of the magic of dis- the alchemy of discomfort, mm-hmm. I would stop and just probably hum or whatever. And I was like, but instead, I told myself, sing harder sing deeper like pull it pull it deeper from your root keep going keep going and of course at at that shavasana at the end I was blissed out in a different place but I thought it was so interesting how it's not a physical asana practice but this it's still the similar thing I just didn't expect it at all yes yes this is the thing like this this awareness of I guess this is getting more and more out there right now to understand that 
because yoga got so mainstream that when you talk about yoga, you immediately think postures and people like with their head facing down or something like crazy <laughs> postures, strong and fit and with flexible bodies and so beautiful and like, wow, <laughs> something like that. Or just a yogi meditating or something like that. So, but the thing that we're, it's getting more out there is the awareness that yoga, it's, a, it's such a complex and journey. It's a whole journey, right? So there's so many aspects of the practice and one of the aspects is nada is the vibration mm. is for us to become aware because nada we translate that sound but in more deeper way is vibration so now that we know for sure that the whole existence is pure vibration there's not there isn't anything solid even the toughest matter is just frequency in another level it's another type of vibration vibrating lower very very low so it's hard so it's dense so when we understand the vibration aspect of life that is what nada yoga means to put us into it it's something that we can bring to all of our practices including the asanas it's not something separate from the other it's all about the same thing it's just the awareness that the sound brings us in a more like sensitive way is through the the work with our own voice we can really tap into this consciousness of this vibration that connects us to everything else whenever you're chanting or humming or doing some voice activation and suddenly the sound the audible sound fades out and you're just in the moment and the silence that remains it's so filled with energy and presence and then you can come to realize that's the field of resonance that connects it all this because every work with the sound is a bridge to silence actually Ooh. yeah we use the sound as a, a way to reach silence this deeper state of awareness of unity of yoga and right this is the the way yoga is the connection with the divine whatever this name has but so the sound brings us this this awareness of the of the silence in a deeper way so we have a lot of blockages just like when we're doing an asana and we don't have like the stretching is not quite there yet because i'm still my my back is stiff or my head my leg doesn't fall that way yet <laughs> and you have to practice and practice and go a little bit more a little bit more finding discomfort and the discomfort the same thing with the voice and with the sound it's not always supposed to be a, a, like a joyful or easy easy <laughs> experience because these blockages are so they're there for so many years or maybe you're carrying it for lifetimes and i what i've been working on is 
because I, I learned it opened up in ayahuasca my dieta is beauty like yeah. I've been really called strongly by my guides to re to, to destroy my my current ideas of beauty and re rebuild yeah what they are and so I thought it was funny you gave me one the rose quartz this is about yes. self-love and then I just felt how uncom- this it's been very uncomfortable mm-hmm. having this at the forefront has been deeply uncomfortable and knowing what I must do to get through it I'm like ooh, this is all really uncomfortable it's like of course of yes. course this moment <laughs> my my intention was to work through that so of course it's 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 gonna be uncomfortable yeah it I wouldn't expect it to be any other way or yeah. no I expect I expect softness but the softness came after yeah it's there all the time actually because the softness mm. the well-being the unity it is our natural state of being mm. the thing is we have so much stuff piled piling up in our system blocking us the, to see it all that the discomfort is to remove those things but the softness is always there. That's why when we stop everything and just lay down in Shavasana, we melt. Because it's been there all along. Right? It's the, that metaphor that every t- everybody talks about, about the blue sky. The sky is always there. It's just the clouds passing by. Sometimes the clouds are heavy and it brings rain and covers the sun. So it's, it's dark. But they're just going to go away. But the blue sky is always there the whole time so as our well-being so as our harmony it's the it's the natural state of our body as nature being in harmony but there's so many dissonance in the world and the system that brings us to this state of dis-ease right so the path with all of the medicines whether are the the chinese acupuncture or massage or sound or yoga or plant medicine all of that is just to bring us to remind us to this that state of harmony of perfect unity with the divine so this is yoga actually yoga is in everything in all of those paths actually because mm. it's it's supposed to bring to bring us to this state and it's discomforting sometimes. It can be. Even, yeah, we're going through all of that. Even leading the, the, the experiences, I, I receive so much. I learn so much by giving, right? So it's, it's been beautiful. So, and this idea of starting those weekly gatherings is really a way that we can, that I want to implement the awareness of this practice we can go very deep into the process of nada yoga i had the most deepest experiences just by chanting just like i i was in a plant ceremony like an ayahuasca ceremony <laughs> feeling the same the same feeling of unity it's so possible yeah right and but the thing is, with the mantra alchemy, this process of unraveling the mantras and the practice of voice activation, and I realized that people were not very acquainted with the practice of, with the japa mala, with the counting. 
So I'm like, huh. And I was receiving feedback from people like, oh, this is so powerful. Oh, I like this so much. I've never done like this before. I'm, yeah, this is something that I, I want to do it more. Because it is very powerful. Mm -hmm. the, the states that we can reach with this practice. So like, yeah, I'm going to do a weekly gathering. I'm going to do a circle. And I already had like a, a, a mantra circle in Brazil that, I, that was called Mantra Sangha. So when I started doing here, I'm like, yeah, it's just a continuity of this work that started there in Abella. So the, the intention is this, just like now people are very much aware of yoga asanas and we can oh, I'm going to do to my yoga class. I'm going to go to my yoga class. And it goes there once a week, to twice a week, or something like that. Has this field of consciousness around yoga asana is already very present. Established, yeah. Established. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I can be a seed. I can plant a little seed into the practice of the sound like that. Because mm. I, I know sound healing is such, it's a very powerful thing here in the U.S. It's like a mecca for the sound healing, the way that it's been done um, modern days. I mean, sound healing is here forever, for millennia. It's like the most ancient technology ever, the sound and the chanting and the drumming. But the practice, the active practice of sound with our own voice that can be achieved with the mantra practice. So this is one of the things that interests me the most with this work. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it weekly. Maybe I skip one. I don't know. Things happen. But it happened already that one person came to one of the gatherings. I'm like, okay, let's go. It was just for that person. And it was perfect for one person. So it's a way to build this field of awareness around this and I don't know where will lead me will lead us as a collective but it's just something that I feel really powerful to to tap into it is it is so and since ever since having you in my field it's incredible how mantras and chanting and all of that has become like yes hearing you say this all is affirming because it's it's all been kind of creeping its way in and then when i met yeah. you and we had that session it was like that you taught me the 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 chant yes yeah it's just like i started when i got back from dieta i started a devotional practice to lakshmi wow yeah so i started doing 28 chants for, yeah. for lakshmi and the way i felt afterwards it, it was like how I would feel if I did hape or breath work. Like mm -hmm. I didn't need those things anymore. I love those things, but it's just like one extra tool in my yes. tool belt, the mantras. Yes. So to close out this beautiful conversation. We could be here the whole day. <laughs> yes. Um, so last two questions. My first one, because food therapy is just such a beautiful mm -hmm important powerful thing in my life i love for us to just share what food means to us so i'd love for you to share with the crew a mm. food that has been very healing on your spiritual path Oof. or your healing journey however you want to put it a food yes um Guys, I really love food. <laughs> <laughs> I like to eat so much. 
I love, I'm not a vegan, but I'm super vegan friendly. Everything that is vegan, I just love, 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 love. I love, I love when vegetables shine in the oh, meal. Like I'm not, so I was beautiful. vegan, but yeah. I just, I just, the oh. colors. Yeah, they're so different vibrant. flavors mm. to them. The, this, this one's juicy, this one's earthy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I can start from there. The vegetables, perfect. I just need them every day like at least two of them combined in my meals especially in lunchtime i just need to combine at least two vegetables different vegetables in my meal but i'm also but i really love the the some nasty stuff too <laughs> the cheese yeah mm. um i don't think yeah. it's nasty i think it's subtle yeah enough. yeah this is the n nasty habit that i like Pizza. But it's not a healing food, so this it doesn't count. Hey, actually, <laughs> when I started, I kind of like had like an orthorex orthorexic moment in my life where I became obsessed with being healthy with health food, mm -hmm. and I was like, all food makes me sick. But I think it was like a, also a body image thing, mm -hmm. and I didn't want to yeah. admit that to myself, so I made it about my health. And I'm, I'm I've been unraveling this for the past two years or so. I couldn't have pizza. Pizza was the wow. thing that made me panic. And since healing my gut, healing my mindset, I have pizza and like that moment of gratitude that I always have yeah. right before it, it feels, it feels so healing. Yes. So I'm like, I've come so far and I'm not panicking over a slice. Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm going to be okay. Yeah. 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 This is a perfect way to put it. Cause it's, it's not being radical with anything. Being radical, I mean, each one has their own path uh, right if you need to be strict fully strict with the di with your diet with something to go through yeah. that discomfort to find the softness and the bliss and then the balance it's super worthy and and it just came up now one of the, those processes of I, I really lean into Ayurveda when I need to clean my body, when I need to balance my system, it's a medicine that I'm, I really connect to. So in this path, one food that I love having in my daily life is the basmati rice. Mm. Mm. I just, I did so many different things already with the basmati rice for healing, processes to balancing my doshas and everything and it's just I love it I love it so it's a, a delicious food that I always have in my in my diet oh Lua we need to get you to India I'm so excited yes. to see what kind of codes will activate oh. for you out there yes I need to go there home to us okay and then the last question you can answer to whatever depth you're comfortable okay. um, is what is a darkness you're either recently finding yourself on the other side of or currently moving through that you feel called to share yes yeah it's very much to do has very much to do with all of that journey that journey that I described to you all during this podcast that it was this sabotaging 
process. This unworthiness and not, not feeling fully ready to lead, to, to create, to manifest something of my own. So this is something that I carried for many, many years. So it's something that I'm, I'm still going through it. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about being in the field of miracles because this is something that I, I, I'm really exercising. But the shadows are there because it's so many years in that, in that place, in that feeling. It's a process to de <laughs> detox, mm -hmm. right? So this is, this is one big shadow, this unworthiness and just not trusting myself fully, right? Not trusting the power of my own voice, whatever, and however this sentence unravels, like physically my voice, my physical voice, but also my voice as in my truth. And also a very deep, shadow to it all that I feel is very important also to recognize and it's the comparison because like I told you also in my journey it was something that was haunting me for so many years comparing myself to others all the time uh, it was a part of the job of the show business but I know but it was there because it was, it was bothering me because it's something that I need to work also. So it just unraveled this, this comparison part just brings so much. It's something sticky, you know, mm -hmm. it brings envy and it's not easy to, to recognize, to say it out loud. Oh, I envy that person. Oof. It's hard. And it, I right? think it, it also, it's like addicting too, because yeah. when you find, when you feel, because when you know that energy, you can feel when others envy you. Yeah. And if you're battling so hard to come out top, to feel some sort of worth, and you're using comparison as your vehicle, then you feel, you're like, ooh, kind of sucks that, you know, they envy me, like it feels funny. But also, I did it. I did something right, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm working through that right now. When you yeah. said that earlier, I was like, ooh, there it is. Yes, it's, a, it's something toxic that keeps cycling up, you know, and you compare. Why you? I'm comparing? Because I think I'm not worthy? Or why, did that, why does that person have something I don't, but I also want it? But I cannot feel this, but I'm feeling it. So it's something, and then guilt comes. Mm -hmm right but since i came i arrived here and i'm really just like i so i told you guys i'm just those things that i was holding on to are not here anymore so i just feel free to start over really i'm really seeing the light on the other side like oh i am really really it's possible to feel genuine joy for other person's success because this means abundance i'm not lacking anything that i have to envy the other person because everyone's gonna have their own spot 
because everyone has their own truth. And I also realized that coming to this realization, I just needed to understand the path of my own truth. Because when I, when I'm lost and I don't know where my truth lies, I'm like, oh, maybe my truth is like that person, or maybe the yeah, truth is like right. that one is doing, or yes. maybe that girl's doing that. So it's lost, but now, no, my truth is coming that way. I have this unique way of acting, of pursuing and serving the world. Nobody can do like I do, and nobody can do like you do, or you, or you, or you. So this is one thing that I, I'm on the other side looking like, oh, yes, I really want that beautiful woman to succeed because she's so powerful and beautiful and I want to be there cheering for her and I, I'm saying her and girl because it's it's something specially yeah amongst us women it's it's, it's a collective journey it's a collective. that so many of us are yeah. yeah so it's it's one of the things that's very that are, those two things are so important and they are interconnected mm. Right, so this this is my shadow. Well, thank you, Lula. <laughs> thank you for sharing your shadow, your voice, your story. This thank was you. so amazing. Yeah. I love this. And if I had more battery, I'd probably not wind it up now. <laughs> but uh, as, as we finish and we say goodbye, how can people find you? Yes. So um, I'm on Instagram as... The name on the, on the Instagram is still as Luana Zenun. So it's L-U-A-N-A-Z-E-H-N-U-N. And that'll be in the show notes. Yes. But you can call me Lua. Like I told you guys, this is my working name right now, Lua Zen. It's just my name, shorter. <laughs> and it just fits perfectly with the energy that I'm, I'm intending to create. And so I have the Instagram. The Facebook page is just there, but I'm also, I have my YouTube channel that you can find with my no name too. It's, it's been asleep, but I'm waking it up again. Mm. It's going to be activated, but there's a lot of videos there too. And a lot of stuff about my career too. So it's fun to see some stuff like interviews and musical theater and yeah and, and in my instagram you'll find everything on the on the link on my bio to my page also the page for my brand halwa and spotify profile youtube channel and also the group chat that i've created for sacred mystical alchemy it's a group chat on whatsapp where i'm gonna keep everyone posted in a more direct form it's like a sangha really People that are interested in the work that I'm creating, I can talk there more directly and share inspirations that I have. And also a way to to update everyone with the weekly gatherings of the Mantra Sangha. So I guess this is it. I guess it's all covered. Beautiful. For Yay. now. Yeah. Part two coming soon because I want to get into more of the, the philosophy of the mantras as oh, well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. We need to dive into that. All right. Well, thank you all for being here. Thank you, Lua, thank for being you, Lua. here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been such an honor and such a pleasure for welcoming me mm -hmm. in this beautiful sacred space. Namaste. Namaste.